0: G'day, my name's Eero, and this is my podcast show called Imperial Rebel Orc Podcast. If, you're a, uh, if you've clicked play and you're looking for a political science type podcast, then, look, hang around by all means, but yeah, I think you're barking up the wrong street because uh, that's an interesting term, barking up the wrong street. Have I got that right? I wonder where that's from. Uh, because this show's all about miniatures. <laughs> on today's episode, I'm talking about dioramas. And the hobby spotlight is on a guy that builds, you guessed it, dioramas. Pick up the brushes, pick up the paints, pick up the models and crank the music. Because it's time for... The Imperial... Imperial. Rattle Orc. Podcast. To be barking up the wrong tree, not the wrong road... To be barking up the wrong tree be pursuing a mistaken or misguided line of thought or course of action that's pretty much me every single day dioramas what is a diorama basically it's a a scale model capturing um a scene or a vision or whatever you want, really. It can be based in reality. It can be based in fantasy. It can be based in science fiction, whatever you want. It can also, it doesn't have to be small scale. It can also be big scale. For example, uh, if you, uh, I think it's Madame Swords in London. I'm pretty certain they've got, I'm just trying to cast my memory back so I did go there back in 2008. I think they've got a section where it's like dungeons and things and there's like setups with, you uh, you know, uh, characters being um, uh, strung up across the rack or, you know, uh, manacled to the wall or whatever, those setups are also a diorama. Many, many, many years ago as a little kid, my dad used to take me to the library and he always said to me, right, you can get three books, Uh, two of them have got to be something that you're interested in could be anything that I was interested in at the time probably comic books I imagine (laughs) or Superman or Star Wars or whatever but he also said but I I want you to get a book that your might be just like the picture on the front cover might grab you or reading the back little blurb thing might grab you you know just something that you're mildly interested in for example pyramids of Egypt but in this case I grabbed a book on Napoleonic war gaming of all things. I think I saw the picture and saw all these little soldiers and thought, "Oh, that looks good. I'll grab that." To be honest, I don't remember reading much of it. Uh, I was probably only maybe nine or ten, so I, I probably got a bit lost with some of the jargon, some of the uh, the vocab in there, um, and probably just sat there admiring all the pictures. And I remember one picture at the back where. A guy had, it was clearly like a, um, he, he was into wargaming, so he had a big table, but on the corner of that table, he'd done like a diorama. I don't know if it was just sitting on the table or whatnot, but he, he'd done like a diorama sort of setting with Napoleon there um, coming out of a tent and talking to his like generals and all that kind of thing. And, and there was a table with a map and it was all in miniature scale. It was all in, I, th- I think it was probably one, three, five scale. Um... And I remember just staring at that and being blown away at this little, this little time capsule that I, was, that I was seeing, you know, like this little moment in time. And it, I remember it being painted really well. It had flock. It had, um, I mean, the tent looked very realistic and the map looked very realistic, but it was models. And that was the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. I, of course, I always had my toy soldiers and I'd set them up, but that was, I wasn't thinking diorama but when i saw this thing it really yeah ticked a box for me i went wow that's actually quite exciting just to set up a little miniature vision so naturally i bored mum and dad to death with talking about this diorama and just how cool it was and i'd like to do something like that and mum actually had the suggestion um, which was quite out of the box i suppose the the idea um, but really cool she said, well, why don't you go and get, like, an old paint tray from, from Dad's shed? You know, a uh, paint tray is in the one you'd use with a roller to paint your walls. Um, get an old paint tray, go outside, fill it with some dirt, get some sticks, get some rocks and stuff like that, and make your own diorama for your soldiers. And I was like, oh, that's not a bad idea, Mum. So off I went, went outside, collected dirt, collected rocks, collected twigs. Um, I especially remember getting twigs with leaves on it because it looked like, um, you know, little miniature trees. (laughs) Uh, And I had an absolute ball, and the best thing was, and I didn't even really – I didn't really play with my soldiers on it. Even though I was only a little tacker, I enjoyed setting up the scene. So I'd do like a trench with a mud hut behind it or something like that and uh, a couple of trees and some boulders, which were just little rocks – um, set my, my my army men up in there, look at it for a while from all different angles, just admire it and go, that looks really cool. And the whole time be thinking, right, what can I do next? What can I do next? And then, yeah, I'd pull that one apart and start again. I remember... Um, at one time there was some sand across the road like some builders had had some you know like a big pile of sand and some bricks and whatever they were doing some paving or whatever and yeah I remember uh, which is a bit cheeky but I snuck across the road and grabbed a couple of cups of sand because I thought yeah cool like a beach setting and I put sand halfway through the the paint tray and then filled it with water um it didn't work exactly the way I envisioned because it's probably too much water but it ended up being quite swampy and all that kind of thing and I, my soldiers looked to my eyes look really cool in there so that was my that was my first experience with a diorama setting you know without having the scale models without doing all the painting but just doing the little miniature setups that was my yeah that was it was good fun the interesting thing is that i've just sort of realized is that i never um, had like got model cars or model planes first like that sort of came a bit later The first modeling stuff I did was a diorama. And man, oh man, what a diorama this was. (laughs) This was, I actually did go and buy some 135 US uh, troops. And I had some polystyrene. And the idea um, basically was, (laughs) it was so bloodthirsty. Basically, it was a, a, a squad of troops, World War II troops, US troops, in a building and most of the building had collapsed and had squished a lot of the soldiers so i called it <laughs> There was a lot of blood and i ended up calling the whole diorama blood bank <laughs> you got to remember i was 10 or 11 which come to think of it 30 years later uh yeah i would still probably do something like that i remember painting the the men with just you know just whatever i had around the house i didn't actually go and buy any model paints i just had whatever i had around the house probably like really uh weak sort of pastel paint type things that you use for a coloring book that kind of stuff um so i remember not being completely happy with how the soldiers looked but i was really happy with how the building looked i'd as i said i'd got these polystyrene sort of sheets or pieces from somewhere from some sort of you know uh box whatever and I'd broken it all up. I'd painted it dark grey, but then I also tried to, which is essentially dry brushing, I, I guess. I I got I painted other sections lighter grey with a with with less paint on my brush. I didn't know it was called dry brushing back then, but and I was I remember just standing back going, "Wow, that's really really cool." And I'm sure if I saw it now, I would think it's really really bad. But for a kid, you know, f- starting out with his first diorama. Not to blow my own trumpet, but it was actually pretty bloody cool. I remember showing mum and dad, and uh, mum's reaction stands out the most because she was like, as she always is, very supportive and encouraging, but at the same time showed a little bit of concern for the amount of blood. (laughs) Which, Which is crazy, I know. So after that first initial proper diorama, I did a few smaller pieces here and there, but I kind of lost interest a little bit i don't even know why but then um you know i was it was only a few years later about 14 whatever 13 14 that i um discovered the world of warhammer and started painting little miniatures And didn't really put them in any kind of setting at all I just would and even their bases I would just paint them that you know that traditional sort of like mid-coloured bright limey green that everyone seemed to do (laughs) yeah I had that and that was kind of it there was no grass there was no basing materials whatsoever but of course all these years later and doing tabletop setups you're basically doing like a, a larger scale Diorama. Um, I I really like. We talked about in world building. Um, like I talked about uh, in episode nine when I did the hobby spotlight on the imperfect modeller. You wanna you wanna create a setting um, that's really really immersive. And um, I guess from watching youtube videos from reading books about dioramas um yeah all those little influences and really encourage me and inspire me to try and put a lot of effort and put a lot of detail not not overly detailed but you know just enough the right amount of detail into each terrain piece i do so therefore creating a miniature world a mini diorama I guess um what I do need to do is probably um get a bit more imaginative and a bit more um I don't know put a bit more into my base work uh because I I think I sometimes I put so much into the actual painting of the model and building of the model that when it comes to the base I just go yeah let's just flock it (laughs) um but you know when I'm looking at other people's work and I see their bases I always I'm always blown away with the amount of detail they can put into like a a 25 millimeter base you know so uh, i'm definitely gonna start thinking more along those lines there are so many people out there amazing people out there doing some fantastic diorama work whether it's a, a world war Two setting or a grand prix setting or uh, you know ships on an ocean or a swamp setting or a science fiction even star wars I've, lately i've been on a bit of a a buzz um watching star wars diorama youtubes and oh man they they're quite exciting like the, i mean well all, all the dioramas i've seen on youtube are exciting but I don't know the star wars ones obviously because i've got a passion for star wars in general but yeah they're they're i don't know the work being done there is just phenomenal it's really really cool just if i was you just go to youtube and just type in Star. i can't even name any particular artist but type in um star wars diorama and you'll be blown away a lot of the a lot of the um the scenes they recreate from the movies but when they do their own thing, uh, that's, they're my, they're my favorite ones. I don't exactly know why, but I suspect it's because of my, um, passion for toy soldiers when I was a kid, but world war two dioramas in particular, are my favorite, especially in the scale of one, three, five. And I guess that again, it's because of the, you know, the army men sort of size from when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, there's some, uh, again, go onto YouTube, amazing work out there, uh, uh, uh my favourite ones are definitely the action-packed ones, <laughs> so when there's a, a battle going on, uh, it could be a, a North Africa battle, and you've got, you know, the Germans all lined up there in their sort of desert camo, or, or, or that, that, that sort of tan fatigue they wore, and yeah behind their mgs and sandbags just blasting away and then you've got like some people go all out and they have planes swooping down all in this one little setting you know that might be you know big ish but not not you know the size of a bedroom or anything but it's a grand scale and it's just yeah epic and on the videos they put music to it which is and and sound effects which just. Draws you in even more, I reckon. Another thing I like about watching the YouTubes on dioramas is often they'll show you the artist will show you how they went about it, and you do you can't help but pick up little um, tricks here and there. Uh, I'm especially fast lately, anyway. I'm especially fascinated by um, using the resin uh, for water effects. I think that's just incredible. Some of the dioramas with water. It's just like, you know, to create a wave, to create a splash, even to create a ripple is, it takes some skill, you know. You're using these epoxies that um, are notoriously tricky to work with because they can be really sticky, really, and they can often set really quick as well. So you've got to do a lot really quickly. And plus, they're not the cheapest things around either. So, yeah, my hat goes off to these people that can create these wonderful, like, explosions in water and you look at it and you go, wow, that's an explosion in water. But then if you were to touch it, obviously it's rock hard. So I just, I, that's incredible. And obviously the way they paint it and everything as well. But uh, I was watching one recently where they were doing a swamp. I think it was like a post-apocalyptic setting and they'd done this swamp with a with a plane, like a Cessna sort of crashed into this swampy kind of area. So you got this Cessna that's all dirty and covered in reeds and mud. And then the water in the swamp was oh, just perfect like murky as all hell um, and the way they done it is just by dripping in all different coloured um, dyes so brown and red and orange and and they somehow it blended and created this perfect looking murky sort of almost uh, toxic sort of swamp it was really really cool forget no insults my sons As I have never forgotten those of my father, of the Emperor, nor those of Horus. Forgive no slight of grievance. Hold your bitterness deep within, and there let it fester. Let it roil and squirm and churn until you are filled with bile so poisonous that all you touch falls to ruin. Thus shall you serve Nurgle best. Thus shall you spread his virulent gifts across the false imperium and watch its final rotting. Oh, and keep listening to Imperial Rebel Hall Podcast. The hobby spotlight today is on a fella called Luke, great name, Luke Towan, or Towan, not sure how you pronounce it, but it's T O W A N. So that's Luke Toan, Towan, T O W A N. I've only actually discovered this guy, ah, oh, probably. In the last month, six weeks or so, I've uh, watched a lot of his YouTube. So hey, hey, let's let's backtrack. So he has a website. He has a blog. He has a shop. He has a YouTube account. Uh, he, he runs competitions. Don't forget he has his own merchandise as well, man. He does tutorials. He reviews products. He does it all. This guy honestly does it all. His website is called BoulderCreekRailroad.com. So definitely check that out. That's BoulderCreekRailroad.com. Spelt, you know, the way it's meant to be spelt. Boulder Creek Railroad. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm most familiar with though is his YouTube. He's got he's quite prolific. He's he's releasing YouTube videos quite often. And yeah, he is he is across all of it. He, Predominantly focuses on sort of uh, railroad, I suppose, scenery and terrain and, and landscapes. And, But I find watching those kinds of videos, you can still definitely incorporate it into the Warhammer world or, you know, world building or um, um, even basing and stuff like that as well. They're, they're, they're very informative. His work is so realistic and miniature scale but so believable from him doing dirt roads to weathering on cars to street signs to hay bales like miniature little hay bales just amazing work and if you just look at a photo of it you'd be hard pressed to think to see if it's fake or not like you just look like a stack of hay bales or a dirt road with a car traveling down it. You know, like it's, it's that, it's so well done. It's that believable that you, it's just, a, looks like a photo of a, of, you know, the road down the back alley somewhere. Like <laughs> It's really, really cool. And what's even better is that he teaches you how to do all this. He'll teach you how to make that street sign look believable. He'll, he'll teach you how to do the hay bales just and the way, the delivery of the tutorials is really good as well. I'm a simple man and I need simple instructions, so it works a treat for me. Now, I'm not into model trains and railways and setups like that. I certainly appreciate them and think they're quite fascinating to watch and, and look at. But um, yeah, not really my bag. But as I said, everything he shows you, you can easily incorporate into your own hobby, your own direction, you know, your own basing, whatever you want. Yeah, there there is definitely something there for you. If you are into model railways, what he what I like is that he also shows you I haven't watched these videos, but what I what I like is that he actually shows you how to, you know, wire up tracks and all that kind of thing and, and talks about converters and explains you know the best setups to do and all that kind of thing too. So, yeah, I think there there is something there for everyone, but specifically if you're into model railways or dioramas. My favorite videos of his to date though are the um how to do the trees, how to build realistic trees. So definitely go and check out Luke Towan or Towan T O W A N over on YouTube. Just type it in, just type that into Google, you'll find his website, you'll find his blog, you'll find his YouTube account. Really really cool stuff. Hey, hey, guess what? Games Workshop is back online in my neck of the woods, which is Australia. So they're doing online ordering only at this stage because of the, you know, the whole COVID-19 thing. They haven't opened their shops up yet, as far as I'm aware. Uh, What are we today? Today is uh, mid-May 2020. So... That's good news. It's uh, you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel for all us dorky kids out there who are waiting to get Citadel paints and washes and models and bits and bobs. Um, yeah, so that's good news. So I'm I'm pumped for that. As far as what I've been up to, I mentioned in episode 11 that I got some Mission Brown spray paint to do some base coating for my Zulus for the Rourke's project. Um, I've done some of those. I'm doing a a trial batch painting type thing. Um, So I've done the base coating. Next step is to do some spot colours like with loincloths and headbands and go from there really so yeah i've been tinkering with that uh but also yeah it's been more hellgate i'm really really loving hellgate i think because there's no rules and i like that a lot That's it for episode 12 of the Imperial Rebel Orc podcast. I hope you're sticking with it. I hope you're enjoying it. Um, Any feedback or, you know, constructive criticism or you want to send me pictures of your latest projects, anything you want, email me, orc at gmail.com. That address again? Imperial Rebel Orc at gmail.com. Thanks to those of you who have already emailed me. It's all been really positive feedback. It's been excellent. So thank you very, very much for that. Uh, if you'd like to find me on Instagram, ImperialRebelOrc on Instagram. Uh, if you want to find my blog, then it's Imperial Rebel Orc over on WordPress. But basically type those three words in together: Imperial Rebel Orc, and you will find me. Thanks guys, we'll see you on episode 13. You've been listening to The Imperial Reddown Podcast.